Okay, so fun fact. Did you know that Rotary Clubs can trace their uh, their beginnings back to the Rotary phone? How so? I mean that back in the day, there were these organizations and there were people that would come together. And this was a brand new technology. It was kind of newfangled. And um, they would just discuss phone call etiquette because it was such a new, it was such a brand new form of communication. Phone call etiquette? Well, yeah, so I mean, there's, like... there's only so much you can discuss about like how to dial a room. <laughs> Everyone knows how, but it was like, how do you, how do you engage in a conversation where you can't pick up on like uh, physical cues, like body language? People yeah. did not know how to do it. Interesting. Okay. So they would like, they would get together in a physical space and then they would talk about this. Yeah. Doesn't that defeat the purpose, though? Well, no. Here's the thing. I mean, so you'd I, like be, you, you'd be like you, talking to someone on the phone, but they're there. If you look it up, you can <laughs> find like these these old timey like black and white photos of people mm-hmm. at these Rotary clubs, and then some of them would be talking in person, and then other people they would be phoning one another, and they would there would be these screens, keeping them from seeing For one real? another, and then they were there'd be like coaches in the background being like, okay, well this was good, but this is how you could maybe improve this conversation that you're having, and um and this is why. People to this day who attend Rotary Clubs or are part of Rotary Clubs are among the best communicators. I did not know that. Well, what do they do now? I think they, I don't know, like play bingo or something. <laughs> it's, it's, a far, it's a far cry from, from their origins. Huh. Interesting. And that is one of many very fun facts that you will learn on Self-Evaluation, a podcast about the greatest sitcom to come out of 2014. <laughs> yes. It's hosted by me, Evan. And me, Beth. And we're here to cover the seventh episode of this particular sitcom, which starred John Cho and Karen Gillan. I mean, this episode starred them, but all of the episodes (laughs) also star them. Stars them, yes. This episode is called Here's This Guy. Is it? Or is it it? called Landline? Is that what it's called to you? Depending on where you look, it's called one of those two things. Interesting. Okay, also, I, I did not fact check this, but I think this is actually the last episode that aired on ABC. I think all the episodes after this were Hulu only. When I looked at the AV Club review, it said that with this review, the show had been canceled. Oh. So it's entirely possible. Man, it's kind of a bummer way to go out. I mean, we'll get into that. but So I let's go with what, what was the title that you have? Here's This Guy. That's, that's what shows up on Hulu. That's the Here's title. This Guy isn't Land- landline is a better title honestly well but landline is also the title of a new girl episode mm, like so a very good new girl episode huh. anyway we're gonna play the theme song and then we are going to recap this episode hey listen to me talk about selfie cancel by bc in 2014 evaluating selfie we're still hoping season two hey i don't know why i did that (laughs) well please keep it up (laughs) okay all right so the recap so this episode starts off with eliza uh okay do all episodes start off with an eliza narration in her brain what do you call that my voiceover yeah Yeah, voiceover she's she's the main character really So anyway, she's doing a voiceover about how many friends she has online, how many followers she has. The number keeps growing. That gives her a lot of personal satisfaction seeing like the number go up. But in real life, she has one friend, and that's Henry. And it's it is interesting that she frames 
him as being her only real friend. Like she has mm. all of these digital followers and also someone that she sleeps with on the reg. True, true. <laughs> but and Charmonique. And Charmonique. Yeah. But Henry is her only real deal, like true friend. And and she's basically saying that part of the reason she knows that they're friends is that they spend a lot of time together and they never have sex. True. Which is her definition of friendship. And by that metric, I have <laughs> I guess everyone I know is my friend. There you go. <laughs> Really yeah. interesting song choice, I will say. What's the song? Um, it's Flaws by Bastille. Okay. Hmm. It just, I don't know. It just, do you know the song? Uh, how does it go? It's like, there's a hole in my soul. I can't feel it. I can't feel it. There's a... No? Mm, okay. <laughs> all of your flaws and all of your flaws. I would keep saying I don't know all of the lyrics. Yeah, okay. So that's playing in the background during this. And this during is this like, whole thing, like yeah. over her voiceover, like or, or just under her voiceover, not mm. far enough below her voiceover. The levels were a little rough, mm. I think. Yeah. <laughs> huh. I, I feel like with this show, you can't like dig in too much to the song choices because I feel like it's 90% just like this is a song that was popular at the time. It's no uh, Scrubs. Sure. <laughs> Scrubs is just notable for um, starring Zach Braff. Yeah. And Zach Braff went on to direct and star in Garden State, mm-hmm. um, which won uh, an Oscar for like best original soundtrack. Hmm. So that guy like really loves music and the shows that he's a part of. Uh, like you can really tell because he has sort of like a little bit of creative input on that. So Scrubs had like oh, okay. remarkably good music during its run, and it was like very fitting to what was happening. Yeah, because there are a lot of yeah. like really strong emotional beats on that hmm. show. Anyway, anyway, Eliza goes through all this through the first minutes of this episode talking about like her friendship with Henry it's so great and like nothing can keep them apart and then she goes to try to enter his office and Charlie stands before her Mm -hmm. and he will not let her in he said uh Henry instructed me not to let anyone interrupt him and she's like well he's not talking about me you know and he's like no you can't go in and then she's trying to figure out who is in there with him so she starts listing people it's like everyone in the office is it is it Obama is it Toby Maguire? Is it Toby Maguire, you little... B-? Which is yeah. just like... I guess that's sort of only understandable. I mean, like, it's Obama and then Toby Maguire. <laughs> I was trying to figure out... I was like, okay, think about 2014. In 2014, was Toby Maguire, like, a notable person? Because I feel like he is not in 2018. Did The Great Gatsby... When did The Great Gatsby come out? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna check, because I'm curious now. I feel like it was around that time that came out in 2013. There we All go. Right. Maybe that's why. Go. She really liked Nick Carraway. Nick Carraway. The Who inventor doesn't? of the... <laughs> of the, the seed? The of the what? Of the Carraway seed. <laughs> that's true. That you know is what, what Don't dig in. For. Don't dig too deeply into that. Technically not incorrect. Anyway. <laughs> Henry exits, and with him is a tiny woman. With short hair. Tiny woman. The same tiny woman who he got into that Uber with in the last episode. Henry does not a great job <laughs> doing introductions. Um, uh, Julia, this is my contemporary, Eliza. Eliza, for your consideration, the gentlewoman I am courting. Yeah, I wrote down that as well because it's just like so awkward. He, he just like does not know how to do this. Would you not? <laughs> 
introduce me as your contemporary. If I was introducing you to someone, I'd be yeah. like, this is my contemporary, Evan. I've never used the word contemporary before. You've never used the word contemporary? Then how do you describe rock circa like 2002 <laughs> to 2004? I don't know. Don't have a good word for it, apparently. Anyway, so he like makes this little awkward introduction. And uh, then, oh, then he he very awkwardly says goodbye to Julia, like in front of everyone. And is like, thank you for the very pleasant conversation. And then she responds with something equally awkward, like, yes, thank you for the pleasant company and the lime-infused water. And they just have this, like, very weird conversation. I mean, their lunch sounds very delightful. I believe that she brings some kind of chicken salad, and chicken salad is very delicious. Yeah, it was chicken curried chicken salad, which some people don't like, but I think it's good. Yeah. So (laughs) they had this lovely lunch, and apparently over the course of this lunch, they officially started dating. Eliza very directly asks, Henry, are you dating that tiny woman? And he thinks about it for a second, and he's like, yeah actually like officially yeah like just now yeah and he's very pleased he's very like pleased to share this information with her and she just gives him like uh well i would describe it as like teacher face when your face just goes blank and you're trying to show with your whole face how disappointed you are in someone teacher face as in as in the the default expression for an educator of children no no it's a face that Mm, teachers mm. put on when they need to communicate something without saying it i use this sometimes when i'm in traffic you just kind of have to let your face go blank and it makes people feel weird and then it throws them off and do you mean like that psych experiment they would do where they would get mothers to stare blank facedly at their children and then their children would freak out because they didn't know (laughs) how to react with that i was not directly comparing that but yeah no it's accurate so that you're you're recreating the psych experiment but to other adult drivers on the road (laughs) when i need to it's it's very effective it's very effective also works if um creepy guys are talking to me henry goes for the high five eliza leaves him hanging cue opening theme song when we come back henry is trying to suss out what the problem is eliza saying look i'm upset because you didn't tell me henry says well it just happened and she's like well if i hadn't asked you I feel like you wouldn't have told me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, she's reacting very strongly to this. Like, she's very upset that he started dating someone. And she was like, I tell you everything about my love life with Freddie. And Henry's just like, yeah, which is a habit I'm desperately trying to get you to break. So she's, yeah, she's, she's definitely overreacting. And it ends without resolution. Yeah. Henry and Larry walking through a parking lot. Larry's saying that, like, listen, as primo as your relationship with, um julia appears to be yeah women are i guess at their core like deeply highly emotional and deeply jealous creatures is the direct with the exception of felicia rashad who he once chatted with in the airport but and but henry's saying like no listen um julia and i we are very simpatico simpatico is the word he uses yeah and and he says look we are uh well groomed but not overly ornate we neither feel compelled neither do we feel compelled to fill every moment with idle chatter there's a moment there where they're both reading newspapers silently in what looks to be a cafe no comment about the fact that they're wearing the same outfit yeah yeah it's and it's very it's very the same outfit it's not like oh like they're both wearing black they're wearing like the exact same outfit how do you feel about that 
I felt not good about it. What do you, why? I don't know. Something about it felt weird. <laughs> you know that it's like, it's like a thing in like Korean youth culture, like matching outfits, like for boyfriends and girlfriends. Is it? Yeah. That's like a way of saying like, we're an item or something. We wear the same clothes. For like cultures in which like uh, public displays of affection are like less mm. accepted. Mm-hmm. It is a way of just like showing that like, yeah, like we're, we're really into each other. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I ran it past my girlfriend and she did not like that idea. So. <laughs> because it's weird. I don't know. Whatever. I, I just little, feel like culturally it was a little too much. It was you, a little too much. That's fine. That's yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I, it's not weird. It is different. That's what I learned in cultural anthropology. That is different from what I would do. Do you <laughs> think move along now. that the, the reveal that Larry's wife is extremely jealous and is like checking up on him a lot jives with the past depiction of her mm. on this program. Yeah, okay. So what happens like during this conversation is Larry gets a call from his wife and he's like, "Yes, I'm I'm just with Henry." Like, "Yes, it's really Henry." And then Henry has to like say like, "Yes, this is Henry." Like she thinks he's with a woman, which yeah, it does not make sense because I feel like she, she wasn't asks, like that. What are you wearing and Henry's like slacks <laughs> well, she sounds hideous <laughs> what's that like yeah. an at is that at&t uh, verizon i don't know it's an american commercial you've seen it <laughs> i probably have i don't remember every commercial state farm it's state farm who are you talking okay. to yeah, yeah 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 yeah. jake from state farm uh, okay yeah okay <laughs> jake from state farm what are you wearing uh slacks she sounds hideous. <laughs> I've lost my train of thought now. No, you're right. It does not really, it doesn't really match like what we know of Larry's wife from before. But anyway, it was just used as an example of how all women are going to end up being highly emotional and irrationally jealous. In a conversation that technically passes the Bechdel test, <laughs> Eliza is talking to Bryn, her hipster uh, apartment mate neighbor neighbor Neighbor. Um, and Britta's saying that like look you can't relationships that your friends have will ruin your friendship with them an example is i had a friend named thistle she started dating some guy whose name you know balthazar and balthazar uh has like an ashkenazi klezmer band and she joined it and now like we never hang out anymore so beware basically Yeah, because Eliza's in the midst of trying to convince herself that nothing will change just because Henry's dating someone. And that's when... What's her name? Ren? No. Bryn. Bryn, thank you. That's when Bryn is like, "Mm, no, you're wrong. Like when they start dating someone, like you will not see them again. So she does not ease any of Eliza's fears. So at this point, both Henry and Eliza have had pep talks slash advice from the people in their lives Mm -hmm. so now they're sort of desperate to come together and discuss what they've learned Mm -hmm. so they come off the elevator and they're both like oh we have to talk and eliza like starts giving this impassioned talk about how like i've thought about it and nothing has to change and like right at the same time henry is saying we need to make some adjustments and this really throws off Eliza. Eliza refers to Julia as a tiny, sterile, micro-pocket ladyboy. How do you feel about that? I didn't like it. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Well, first, I just didn't like it because it was mean. But also because, like, what's wrong with being a, a tiny person? You know? Oh. 
Oh, you know what? That is that is what you would focus on. <laughs> How small of you. <laughs> anyway, no, it was just kind of mean. And in the same, like in the same sentence they're both okay so they're both talking to each other about how they're trying to be more supportive of the other person's relationship and henry calls freddie a tool and eliza calls julia a tiny tiny, sterile micro pocket lady boy boy. yeah so they're like in the midst of this conversation about how they're going to be more supportive they're like really tearing down the other person's like choice of person to date sam saperstein shows up Eliza, what is your, I don't know, like, her Q rating, I guess, would have been one way of putting it? Okay. Yes, we all know what that is. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Uh, but, like, what's her reach? Like, her followers, internet, friends, etc., social media. She says that across all platforms, 300,000. That's pretty good. Yeah. Actually, okay, so I don't want to miss this joke either. So, Eliza is, is trying to tell Henry about, like, all the reasons she still needs him to help her because she's still terrible she's talking about how like she didn't sign someone's birthday card because her nails were wet and she sometimes submits like petty cash refunds for personal expenses and that's when sam comes over and he's like you know who else was a bit of a rule breaker harriet tubman like you she had a lot of followers and then he asks her how many followers and then after she tells him he says that's quite a bit more than Harriet Tubman. But to be fair, she had a lot more on her plate. <laughs> anyway, I just didn't want to miss the Harriet Tubman humor. Sam asks Eliza if she will introduce the keynote speaker at Pharmaceuticon. Pharmaceuticon. Eliza's like, yeah, like I'll do it. With Henry's help, I can do anything. At which point she turns around and Henry has promptly vanished. Henry's gone. Yeah, it's, very, it's a sad little moment because she's like, with Henry at my side, and then she looks over and realizes he's not there. We then find out that Henry has opted to not eat lunch with Eliza. He's going to go eat with Julia, mm-hmm. eat in my office, if that is what you'd like. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this is, it's just a lot of layers of, like, it's its all piling on for Eliza. Things are changing too quickly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in such a short period of time. So yeah. she goes then to turn to Charmonique to see... Basically, for support, she's kind of looking for Charmonique to agree with her. Yeah, yeah. So she goes to Charmonique and is like, this, this is weird, right? You know, and uh, Charmonique's advice basically is that, like, well, Eliza says, you know, trying to be supportive. And Charmonique's like, no, like, you have to take her down. Like, that's the only way to, like, show them, I guess, you were here first. I don't know exactly what she's showing him. They then look up Julia's business online. Julia is a um, a pediatric um, uh, urologist. Urinal. Urologist. Urologist. <laughs> urologist. Beth. Yeah. Okay. A pe- she's a pediatric. She's a pediatric urologist. Yeah. Um. And Eliza is doing her best to tear her down. This is sort of like that reviews the Yelp episode because it's all mm-hmm. about like reviews. And Charmonique's like, uh, that picture is tasteful and demure and and all and like even the complaint about like oh she took too long to attend to me is because she had to perform like a life-saving procedure so basically julia is unassailable yeah she's like perfect basically so eliza's trying to like dig up some dirt on her and she can't find anything so then she's like okay i'm going to just start poking holes well if i can't find any dirt i will create dirt basically yeah she low-key 
implies that Julia has entered into this profession for weird reasons. Yeah. I mean, I is that not what she did? Yeah, no, that's what she did. She's basically just like, I forget how she even like segues into it, but she's just like, well, you know, I'm not obsessed with baby urine, like your lady or something like that. And Henry is just like, what are you talking about? Like, it does nothing to make Julia look bad and it does everything to make Eliza look really ignorant, I guess. I don't yeah. know if that's... And like petty yeah. and mean. Yeah. And yeah. Henry gets really upset about this conversation and just leaves her alone in the um the lunchroom, I guess it is. Yeah. And then when he goes to spend time with Julia later, Julia says that she's having a pretty rough day because someone has left negative rev- reviews of her business. And when she starts telling Henry about the reviews, it's very obvious that Eliza left it. Uh, it's also worth noting that Eliza is looking for help in delivering or rather introducing the keynote speaker, mm-hmm. and Henry gives her the bare minimum amount of advice. He basically said to her, like, you're not giving the keynote, you're just introducing it. Pretty much you just have to say, here's this guy, and if you remember his name, that's a bonus. He is supposed to meet up with Eliza later to help mm-hmm. her out. He finds out from Julia that this thing has happened. Eliza, who has never been stood up before, is just waiting and waiting and waiting. And I guess I should have said to tie this into my into the fun fact that I yes, true. <laughs> taught you all in the introduction to this podcast. Um, he purchases her a landline. And it's not like a landline with like a cordless phone. And it's not even a landline with like a with just a corded phone. It's specifically a landline that is also a rotary phone. And the idea is that it's supposed to teach Eliza patience because she has to put in the numbers herself and she's going to have to wait like for the numbers to come up so he has gifted her with yeah like a a cute old-timey rotary phone so eliza's waiting and henry's not coming and again like she's never been stood up before so she doesn't know what to do like this is also foreign to her and then when he finally does show up he is i would say understandably pretty livid yeah yeah he he basically blows up at her and she she's very excited to see him because she's like oh i I knew i knew you weren't gonna stand me up like i knew you were coming and then to be met with his like very righteous anger over her just being really petty and immature you know and he was like i can't believe you left that basically he says this is over and then he walks away and she says what's over like is it this lesson or is it our friendship like yeah, you do need help, but you're not going to get it from me. That's it. We're yeah. done here. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Yeah, this is like a very big moment. He leaves. She's left alone. Oh, he also, in the course of this conversation, says, you are not the sun. The world does not revolve around you. Which, I okay. So, like, the whole thing is, like, he's trying to help her be less narcissistic, things like that. And then he's consistently surprised that she's selfish do you know what i mean like hmm. not that it's an excuse for eliza but like well, he's but always he surprised he thinks that at this point she will have improved due to his tutelage yeah. yeah so it's almost like i wonder okay i'm not gonna like psychoanalyze this but i wonder if he's extra mad because when she acts like this it almost reflects as like a failure of him like he's failed because she's still terrible well she's not terrible but you know what i mean like she's still acting in a terrible way yeah that makes sense interesting dynamic so he leaves she's alone she's feeling pretty bad for herself really at this point so she's she's reflecting on how sad she is to have lost her only friend and she runs into 
Bryn, Bryn. and I don't Eilet maybe. Her name can't be Eilet. One of the girls' names is Eilet. We talked about this on another episode, which you would remember if you listened to our episodes. <laughs> I listen to our podcasts once I have built up a backlog, and then it's like, oh, what fun. I can listen to three in a row. Okay, what's the last episode that you listened to? Okay, can we concentrate on recording <laughs> this episode? Anyway, so Bryn and I'm going to say Bryn and Islet. I don't know if it's Islet. Are carrying an accordion cake, you know, like fancy, like cake boss style fondant and everything. Ugh, ugh. Yeah, cake boss cakes are bad. <laughs> I, okay, Rice Krispie yes. treats with fondant on ugh. top is not a cake. That's not no. a cake. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. What's What do you think is the best kind of frosting? Like how many... How many kinds are there? There's lots of kinds. Do you mean like just like the flavors? Yeah. Um, I had, I was at Esther Lee's wedding mm-hmm. and there was a cake that had like a little, there's like a little bit of like lemon in the frosting mm-hmm. and it was very delicious. Okay. <laughs> that was my whole question about frosting. Because, okay, I, I like most frosting, but what I don't like is when I think that it has, you know, frosting on it and then you find out the cake has whipped cream frosting which is just whipped cream on top of cake. Ugh. Anyway. Just sounds like you're being culturally insensitive again. <laughs> I'm just saying it's disappointing when in your mind you think you're going to get real frosting and then it's whipped cream. Well, sometimes people are different from us. It's true. I, it's not weird. It's just different and I don't like it. So these girls, women, are telling Eliza about how they made this cake for Balthazar, who they hate, because they're trying to make things right with Balthazar so that they can see Thistle again. Which gives Eliza the idea that a cake will make things better. So Eliza is in the waiting room of Julia's business. She has a cake that she has made. She, I mean, she shows Charmonique earlier, and then Charmonique helps her book the appointment, etc., etc. The cake is a very, uh, what I would say, lovingly rendered depiction of the urinary system tract thing the whole system yeah everything so she she has made this herself apparently and researched the whole urinary system so that she could make it as accurate as possible she's going to bring it to julia so that she and henry can be friends again so what stops her from delivering this cake so she's waiting in the waiting room with her cake you know as you do in the waiting room and this little girl starts talking to her about her favorite book that's called The Courageous Kitty. And it's about this kitty who is so courageous that uh, I don't remember what it does. <laughs> Trying to go to the other side of the river. Get to the other side of the river. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> and this gives Eliza uh, kind of an epiphany. She's like, I'm the courageous kitty. I don't need Henry to help me introduce this keynote. I'm just going to do it myself. Yeah, and as a result, I don't need to apologize to his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this whole thing, like, Eliza's, like, she's trying to do the right thing, but it's also, like, her motivation is still very much, like, because she wants to have Henry help her the same way he used to and not have anything change. Julia comes back to Henry's house, I believe it is, and she's like, oh, one of my patients baked me this cake. Would she you brings like- it out. A portion of the urethra. <laughs> okay. 
this is just a side, but like all of her little references to like the urinary system. Like I get that it's like part of her character, but I'm just like, I just am not sure if you were like a urologist, if you would constantly reference your job. Did you know that that actor also portrayed Zac Efron's girlfriend in Seventeen again? What? Yeah, the actor who plays Julia also played Zac Efron's girlfriend in Seventeen again. What? What? It it took place in 2009. She was 26 years old when she portrayed a teenager in high school. What? Okay, okay. I'm sorry, I have to look at a picture. Because I just... Oh, she looks so different. Wow, weird. Okay. Anyway. I mean, she grows up to be Leslie Mann. That's cool, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. That's really strange. Okay. Anyway, so she's in 17 again. She is... She's like 32 now. Oh, okay, okay. So this just, because I was thinking like, oh, this is Henry being like in a more age appropriate relationship because like we've talked about this several times. Eliza's a good 15 years younger than him. I was thinking like, oh, there's someone who's like actually his age. So this makes more sense. But she was like 28 when they were filming this. Yep. So she's still like a good 12 years younger than him. But, like, the way she acts in this, and, and we, we can talk more about this maybe in the next episode, but, like, she is very formal. And the, like, the way, I think you could yeah, say. I said severe last time, yeah. But, like, like very practiced. Like, she's, she doesn't just say anything, you know what I mean? Like, it, it all sounds very rehearsed, you know what I mean? Which makes her seem very old, I think. And 28 is extremely young. It's very young. 28 so. is extremely young. <laughs> yes. You're 28. Yeah. It's it's a very good young age. You don't have to date a 40-year-old. Anyway. (laughs) Now, some people make different choices from the ones that we make. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for trying to make me a better person, Evan. I'll try to keep my mind more open. (laughs) I just don't know how good a job I'm doing, but I'm I'm trying. (laughs) Okay. So, Eliza leaves the cake. She goes to the keynote by herself because she is the courageous kitty so then the next scene i think is okay so henry sees the cake because julia brought it to his house he sees the cake and at first he's just like okay this is weird but then he notices there's a little tag on it a little tag says from eliza dooley so that's how he finds out that she was trying to make things right and then that kind of makes him remember that she has this big thing and normally it's the kind of thing that he would go to. So he tells Julia, like, you know that contemporary that I introduced you to? <laughs> what does she call him? She, she refers jolly to ginger. Eliza as the Jolly Ginger Giantess. Jolly Ginger Giantess. So they got names going back and forth, apparently. Anyway. What a skyscraper she was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he's like, we're actually more than contemporaries. We're actually kind of friends. And, like, she has this big thing tonight. And really, I would have been there, but I didn't want to, like, make you feel weird. And she's just like, it's fine. I'm, I'm a self-assured woman. Yeah. I myself have throngs of male cohorts. <laughs> yep. <laughs> w- wait, wait. <laughs> what do you mean by throngs? More than a gaggle? Less than a swarm? <laughs> Oh, it's like, okay, the way she talks is like funny, but also like hard. I don't know if I, 
I would describe it as like kind of hard to listen to, but like it just feels so stilted to me. You hate her. I don't hate her. I just find her like just not. Different. She doesn't. Um, she just doesn't not seem like, like a real me. person. She just doesn't seem like a real person. Not like me, a human being. <laughs> yes, that is what I'm saying, Evan. I think that I am way better than her, so that's why. Anyway. <laughs> She just says weird things. That's all. She's self-assured, though. She's not jealous. She says, go go ahead. The mentalist and I will be here when you get back. So he goes. You are Felicia Rashad. Felicia Rashad. Yeah. <laughs> she says, I get that a lot. <laughs> Which doesn't really make sense, but I like that part. <laughs> Eliza goes up. We are now at Pharmaceuticon. Says, mm-hmm. and now this guy (laughs) that's literally what she says and everyone claps and he comes out and she's feeling very pleased with herself that she did that and she walks away and she's standing there and she's looking at her phone and now she's reflecting to herself again oh all of these new friend requests coming in all the time and it doesn't make me feel any better because of the one person who unfriended me in real life henry is there she's overjoyed to see him yeah. Here, I mean, I don't know if we want to talk about this more now or maybe next week, but it does seem a little curious to me that Eliza does not ultimately go through with her act of apology, yet she still reaps the benefits as if mm, she did. That's true. It was like that her intention to apologize was good enough. Yeah. No, it's true. She didn't really learn her lesson. I, I guess what she learned, though, is that Henry being in her life is more important maybe than she realized. I guess well, that's the, the one thing she learned. But she did not really learn how to be better. The episode does wrap up with yes, her and true. Julia's off, like actual like office or like operating. I don't know. I don't know anything about doctors. I need to go to my doctor. <laughs> Me too, um, and she basically... She does apologize in person and sort of like to counter the negative reviews I've left. How about I leave some (laughs) fake positive reviews? (laughs) And Julie's like, please, please don't leave any fake reviews. Not even if they're from the University of Southern (laughs) Blatterfornia. And Julie's like, nope, not even from there. (laughs) So, okay, to your point, I feel like this was kind of a better way of showing that Eliza actually learned her lesson because... Before, she was just trying to apologize purely to get Henry back in her life. And that was her only motivation. This way, because Henry has already come back into her life, and then she apologized, then it's kind of purer motives because she's apologizing just because she knows that she should apologize. Hmm. You know, I've been thinking a lot about ethics because I watched The Good Place so much. It ends with like a lame pun. You know, just like a little voiceover once again, Eliza saying... And that's when I realized that Julie and I might never be friends, but at least I was the bigger person. (laughs) It's like, okay, we get it. Yeah, we get it. You're tall. Okay. (laughs) So Eliza sort of did learn her lesson. I just can't stop thinking about the fact that Karen Gillan and the actress that played Julia are probably only like two years apart. Okay, I don't understand what... I don't understand. You're being perplexed. She just seems so much older. I mean, I think that. I mean, I think that's on purpose. That's like how their characters. I mean, I are feel playing. like you're older than me. I am older than you. Yeah, but like, aren't you like thirty six? I'm twenty eight. We just what? talked about that. No. <laughs> you're the worst. You're like a teacher. You have like a career. You have to be mm. in your mid thirties at least. Anyway. I feel like our listeners would be surprised. Mm, I don't think so. 
I feel like the way they played these two women, it was supposed to seem like they were like in different generations. Do you not see that? Or is it just like who Eliza could be if she like matured? Yeah, I think that that is possibly more what they were aiming for. Because hmm. I don't believe Julia does not appear to be an older woman. No, no, and she doesn't. But I just thought of her as like just like. Well, how I, I consider you to be thirty six. No, why? Why are you saying? Because that? you hold yourself. You're so composed. Mm, I feel like you're trying to give a compliment that doesn't feel like a compliment. <laughs> Maybe I'm doing the same thing. You're right. Okay. Anyway, it's just interesting. So yeah, so the episode ends with Eliza giving a sincere apology for acting like a child and then offering to write some fake reviews. And Julia says, please don't do that. And uh, that's how it What ends. are your final thoughts? My final thoughts on this episode? Um, I mean, I think it was a good follow-up to the episode before you know because that kind of laid the groundwork that like she was already starting to have like some holdouts or it was like oh no nobody's good enough for him you know and so now we kind of saw like what that would actually look like you know I guess my thing is I just I have a hard time with the idea of Henry dating someone who's like exactly like him I feel like it's a bit on the nose you know what I mean but I guess that's what makes it funny would you not date someone who is exactly like you? Oh, no, absolutely not. Why not? I don't like myself that much. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's just no, have I just, that conversation I just... for another time. <laughs> no, I just I just feel like that you don't want to date someone who's exactly like you because then like your world is not getting any bigger. You know, you're just like closing yourself off and having the same experience as you've always had. Kind of. You don't know what I mean? Anyway. <laughs> I mean, like, you'd want to date someone who has the same interests as you, but, like, is not you. I don't know. I, I, I just feel like maybe particularly Henry and Julia's dynamic is, like, so polite, you know? It just, I don't know. Why can't they be more rude? Why can't they be more rude to one another? <sighs> I never understand if you actually don't understand what I'm saying or if you're just messing with me. That is as good a time to cut to the outro <laughs> as any. Here's a question for you, Evan. If someone was going to make a cake for you, an apology cake or just a birthday cake or whatever, it's a cake for you, what would you want that cake to be shaped like? Why does it have to be shaped like anything? I guess you can say not shaped like anything. I want like an like an MC Escher cake. An MC Escher cake? Yeah. So the cake, depending on which way you look at it. Look, if someone's going to bake me an apology cake, I want them to put the work into it. <laughs> so this be like a like a it has an MC Escher print on top of it or no, like No, no, no. I want this it. cake to have stairs that both that go both <laughs> up and down at the same time. Uh, wow. That like they ascend and descend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's advanced. Wow. Okay. Good answer. <laughs> I would also want in frosting written on top of it i guess on top of the stairs or the design or whatever it is mm-hmm. um the words selfie valuation podcast at gmail.com <laughs> uh twitter.com slash selfie val pod uh tumblr.com it's uh selfie valuation.tumblr.com i would like all of that on top of my cake in frosting that was very smooth that was like the smoothest outro ever nice job nice job <laughs> You really want to go eat Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> I'm very hungry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we pretty much covered everything there. So 
New episodes every Tuesday. New episodes Come every Come back Tuesday. next week. Okay, next week we will talk more about this episode and what we would have liked to see in our fictional future season two of selfie so yeah come back next week and thank you for listening thank you 